We hear a lot about the crumbling aging infrastructure in the US, but that's only the tip of the global iceberg. 2.4 billion people around the world don't have access to clean water and sanitation because of bad or no wastewater treatment. I'm Robert Colangelo and this is Green Sense, where we bring you eco-innovations that can improve lives around the world. Triangle Environmental is developing on-site water treatment technology that maximizes the chemical energy potential contained in wastewater to produce zero waste and valuable output streams. We're joined by founder and principal, Tate Rogers. Tate, welcome to Green Sense. Thanks, thanks for having me. Well, let's put this issue in context. How bad is this problem on a global basis? Yeah, so I'm glad you threw out the number um, and looking at it globally. So uh, yeah, like you said, 2.4 billion people still don't have access to uh, proper sanitation, but that's just the people that have, that's just uh, access to the user interface. When you track how many people um, actually have their waste treated properly from the user interface all the way through the end of the treatment, uh, it's more than half the world's population without access. That's pretty significant. Uh, let's bring it back to home. How bad is it in the U.S.? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I was just looking at some stats before this uh, to put into context, but the ASCE um, said that 900 billion gallons of untreated sewage and wastewater in, goes into U.S. waterways every year, um, which is a lot more, I think, than people expect. And then I think we're finding out that um, a lot of the population, there's quite a bit of population in the U.S. that just doesn't have access to proper sanitation at all, which you can see. Uh, evidence in the Alabama Black Belt by some of the work that uh, Dr. Uh, Catherine Flowers has been doing lately. Well, a lot of times we think these uh, issues are offshore, but we have our own issues here. So I'm glad we uh, put that in context. Um, so I want to ask you a couple of specifics about your technology. Uh, first, how does it work? What makes it new and innovative? How easy is it to use? And do users need training? So let's uh, start out with the first one. Uh, how does your water treatment technology work? Yeah, so uh, our our background is in um, on-site wastewater uh, treatment, and so we've done that in, on a global scale, supporting different projects, a lot funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. More recently, we've been transitioning our focus, or some of our focus, to uh, treatment systems that would be viable here in the U.S., and then also, you know, and then eventually we can transition them to the developing areas that we really care about the most. Um, but the technology uh, that we're talking about today, Ziwa, um, which stands for zero waste, is an on-site uh, domestic wastewater treatment system. So essentially, if you're in a rural area, it would um, replace your septic tank, or if, it, if in an urban area, it would replace the need for sewer infrastructure. And so basically, um, as you mentioned in the kickoff, it, it just takes all the waste, and we use the energy uh, potential in the waste to treat the solids, which is kind of the novel part of it. So even in a septic tank in a rural area, every three years or so, you have to have a septic truck come empty your waste. And this would um, eliminate the need for that. So treating the solids on site in a net positive energy um, fashion is kind of the novel part of it. And then we also have a, a gray water and nutrient treatment system built into Ziwa, um, which would take which would produce zero waste, as the name uh, says, and three useful byproducts. So uh, non-potable reuse, water reuse for on-site, which is the biggest one and the biggest volume by far that you could use for flushing your toilets, irrigation, uh, or laundry. And then um, a concentrated nutrient stream, which you could use for on-site uh, nutrient supply for in your garden, for instance. And then a very small amount of those treated solids, less than a five-gallon bucket for a family of four a year, um, would be used as a soil amendment. So without getting too into the techie part, uh, that's the, the general overview. 
Uh, so it sounds a little black box. Uh, sounds wonderful. So how how does it actually work? Yeah. So I mean, I it is a bit purposely black box since we're still early in the in the R and D stage, and that's what the EPA through an, their SBIR program is funding us to do. Um, so a lot of it is patent pending and IP safe. Uh, but essentially, um, on the solids portion, we capture the solids capture the energy off of that solids and then use that to treat the solids themselves. And that's what makes the energy positive on the gray water side. It's a series of off the shelf, uh, filters, um, and absorbent materials. And then we use an electrodialysis process to pull out the nutrients out of the system. Have you built a working system or is it, is it, is part of it black's box because it's still a uh, new and under development? Yeah, uh, yeah, we do have a working system. So through phase one, um, we built a, a, a lab scale system um, that wasn't fully integrated, but it had all the processes in place to show that we could, in fact, treat all the waste like we said we would to the pertinent um, on-site reuse regulations. And so we have done that. We proved that in phase one. And phase two, we're building a uh, pilot skid, which is 500 gallons a day, which is roughly what you would see for a, a single family home. Um, that will be fully integrated and automated uh, that we're going to use as kind of a mobile showcase system to um, to promote promote the use of the system and just show that how it would work with different domestic wastewater sources. Tell me about the benefits of why it's important to have an on-site water treatment system like you've explained instead of building a large centralized wastewater treatment plant. Yeah, I mean, I think as you alluded to earlier, uh, there's there's lots of problems with large aging infrastructure that we have here in the U.S. Um, and having to replace it. Uh, it's just a lot of capital cost and upkeep and maintenance to run a system that big. And so, you know, where we've worked in the past in a lot of developing areas, that's just not possible to have that large sewer infrastructure. So I think you're seeing a move um, towards more decentralized uh, systems that don't require all that pumping energy and all that capital cost and all those materials um, just to move water around, essentially. And now you see um, currently 25% of residential homes and 33% of new development use on-site wastewater treatment systems. So I think when you think about it uh, at a high level, it just makes sense to treat that waste if you can do it safely um, right there um, where you're producing it. Uh so the nice thing about uh, flushing things down a drain is that uh, yeah. you don't need any training. How, right. how sophisticated is your system? How user-friendly is it? And do people need to be trained on how to operate these? Yeah, so we envision uh, this system to be treated like any other appliance. Uh, you, need to know, you need to have a little basic knowledge to turn on your gas stove or run your washing machine. Um, but we essentially want it to be treated like an appliance um, or, or a, you know, as much work that you put into a, a typical septic system, which is basically just making sure you're not putting things that don't belong in there. And that, um, you know, we're looking at, you know, a maintenance schedule, of, you know, at a minimum a year uh, or sorry, at a maximum a year so that the uh, user is not having to interact with it too much. So it would still be a little bit, you know, as I was said, it would replace your existing septic system. So it's still a little bit out of, out of sight, out of mind. Uh, wastewater treatment plants are often run by governments or, or private entities. Uh, uh, how would this be installed? And who would be in charge of maintaining and operating it? And more importantly, how is it going to get funded? Yeah, so I mean, I think I think a good baseline to compare the system to is uh, 
typical septic systems that you would see in rural areas or on-site advanced treatment systems. And those advanced treatment systems would be where uh, you have like poor perking soil, like in Cape Cod or the Chesapeake Bay, and you, and you have more stringent nutrient reg regulations. So there's companies out there that exist already that are building these advanced treatment systems um, that, you know, so a typical septic system ranges on the order of 10 grand. And these advanced treatment systems are typically between 15 and 25 grand. And so when we're operating within that scale, um, you know, uh, of that price range, we, we have a lot of flexibility. So I think the, the baseline exists already. And then with our system, none of these provide zero waste, like we're saying. And so we think we can operate at the same or, you know, cheaper, um, but then providing a, a higher quality product. A lot of those 2.4 billion people that don't have wastewater don't have money. How are they going to pay for these? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a great point. I think, you know, the way we've looked at it, uh, there's, there's, there's been a lot, um, I think a lot in, of credit goes to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and starting with the Reinvent the Toilet Program. It's just brought a lot of attention to sanitation. I think when you look globally, everyone knows um, and it's easy to talk about water being a problem, access to clean water. But uh, sanitation is not quite as sexy of a topic. So I think, you know, you've seen a lot more research and development dollars and investment and time um, going into the sanitation space. Uh, I would say, you know, a lot of the tech that needs, it, it has a long ways to go to be um, cheap enough for everyone. And so I think that's why, you know, we're taking our approach with this system in that it improves environmental quality and it's, it's a need here in the U.S., and I think, you know, it could be a product for everyone. Um, and then, you know, if, if that's the case, we could use some of that, those funds to subsidize it uh, for the people that need it most and maybe don't have the funds for it. So that's kind of our general plan. So you mentioned earlier that you received funding from the US EPA. What will that funding be used for? And what will be the end results of that funding? Yeah, um, it's exciting. So actually we have uh, three different um, uh funding pots through their EPA SBIR program. And so what's interesting about that is, um, so ZWA makes up, as I mentioned earlier, there's, there's three subsystems, the solid system, the water recovery system, and the nutrient recovery system. And all of those have been funded separately um, through, by the EPA. And ZWA is kind of the culmination of those three, and they all have their own um, market potential. Um, but these, uh, but ZWA is the kind of the culmination and the, 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 kind of future looking forward looking product that we think where we can actually have zero waste at the home. And so for ZIWA, this phase two, as I mentioned earlier, um, we've already built and developed the lab unit. This phase two, we'll be building a, a pilot skid um, that we're going to use as our demo unit and we'll test it with um, local domestic wastewater and from a home, but we'll be able to take it and showcase it and show people that you can produce these high quality products with zero waste um, from domestic wastewater. Well, one of the benefits in addition to funding from US EPA is I'm sure it gives you some credibility once you've gone through and uh, finished your funding and your reporting. To talk a little bit about that, the importance of uh, the credibility of the US EPA. Yeah, uh, totally. I mean, I think, you know, if we don't necessarily see ourselves as a startup, we're, we're in an R&D company, we do consulting in the R&D space, and we, we're developing, like I said, multiple technologies. And so what the EPA's funding allows us to do is really um, figure out if this is a viable product or not without having to go out and get that um, initial seed investment um, and necessarily give up equity in the, in the product. 
And so as far as, um, you know, it's really nice for us and we're trying to utilize the, the funding as much as possible to come out of it with something that's as close to our product as possible. But of course, uh, when, you know, at some point we'll need to get some investment in this to move forward and like getting that initial seed funding and having a, a pilot product that is funded by the EPA definitely gives us a, a leg up on um, someone that's maybe starting from scratch. So there, there's a uh, long way from, you know, concept to company. Uh, you're, you're beta testing this with the EPA funds. How are you going to fund the commercialization of this? Yeah, so that's an interesting thing. Like I mentioned um, just a minute ago that we're, we're not a typical startup and that, you know, we are developing multiple technologies. Um, typically on another technology, we've, we've, we've followed the licensing approach because there was a need for it immediately and it was a very direct path to market. and it fit in nicely with a, with a commercial partner's need. For this one, um, because it's a little more forward thinking, and I think there's gonna be, um, you're gonna see change, behavior change needed at the home, um, just changing people's mindsets to be able to reuse wastewater on site. And then more importantly, your, the regulations are gonna have to catch up. And so if you look at water reuse regulations on site across the country, um, it, it varies a lot. And so actually we're funded through the water um, reuse action plan that's under the EPA. And that's a group focused on how to address technical, institutional, financial issues um, to ensure water reuse is accessible and sensitive to climate change and environmental justice. So I think we're looking forward um, we're thinking about this being uh, a system that could be used by everyone in the U.S., but we also see that you know lots of steps need to happen for that. So for this specific technology, I think we're going to try to use this uh, phase two funding and testing to um, garner investment and and grow it in grow it more uh, like a startup. And you're thinking more of licensing licensing it than commercializing it. Well, that's why I said so pre, in, in prior work that we've done, we've, we've kind of followed the, the licensing model because it's nice and clean. I think for this one, um, because it's the complete system and treating everything on site, there's lots of things that need to happen. And so it's a little bit longer runway. And so I, I think we this one will prop most likely follow more of a typical startup pathway where we'll we'll build off of this EPA investment and try to go out and get um, investment to, to take it to market. Um, anything else we should know about this? Globally, like I said before, it's it's nice that people are talking about uh, their waste, and I think there's just been a lot more attention. You know, this is a great example of it. The fact that you guys reached out, which is awesome, to talk about on-site um, wastewater reuse. So it's it's a bit of a taboo subject. Um, people don't like to talk about their own crap. Uh, so I think you know you're going to need to see a shift in people trusting technology and trusting that on-site water reuse. Uh, uh, is a viable thing and something that we're going to need to move forward and towards, um, especially as we're looking at how to combat climate change in the future. So I think uh, having conversations like this about crap and thinking about where it goes and how we could uh, do that process better is, is a great start. And I think um, hopefully we'll continue to see um, changes and more development in this space over the next few years and decades. Um, so just to clarify, this is more uh, for personal human waste than any industrial waste operations? Uh, yeah, I think we are obviously open. Uh, I think it can be um, upgraded or updated to for, for specific waste. Um, it definitely can. But this, uh, this is focused on domestic wastewater, so from people. 
Yes. So your black, your black water and gray water from, from the home, essentially, is the way to think about it. Yeah, once you start getting into industrial waste, the chemistry and the treatment process gets a lot more complicated. It changes. It changes a lot. Not to say that we can't do it, but you know, we we're we're focused on uh, one wastewater at a time right now. Fantastic. Well, thanks for sharing your ideas with us, and I wish you the best of luck. All right, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That's Triangle Environmental founder and principal Tate Rogers. Learn more about them at triangle-environmental.com. I'm Robert Colangelo, and this is GreenSense. Subscribe to our podcast at greensensefarms.com. And listen to the GreenSense Minute, Thursdays and Saturdays on 105.9 WBBM Chicago.